Yes, and welcome back to the home of good news, interesting anecdotes from history, and hopefully a few jokes on the way. I'm Callum, and this is That's News to Me. Sad times, guys. This is our penultimate episode of this series. Don't worry, it's not our penultimate episode. We're not going to be giving up anytime soon in spreading the joy of positive and great news. It's just uh, a lot of things are happening over the summer for all of us. So uh, we thought we'd take a little bit of a, a break after, I think, what, 21 episodes in a row. So that's 21 weeks, uh, apart from, obviously, last week. Uh, we won't talk about that one. So... Instead of, you know, rambling on about this, that and the other, I'm just going to say, you know, Buster's here again, always coming back, always got some more stories for us, keeps knocking on, I keep trying to get rid of him guys, but he keeps coming back, so Buster, for the penultimate time this series, how are you? I'm great, I'm really good, I've uh, I've been hanging about, doing nothing, like most people for ages, but, you know, been weaving my hair then unweaving it. Um, yeah. Been sweeping it up off the floor in quite large quantities as well, actually. That's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a bummer. Um, losing, I've been you're losing doing hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, and not just hair, mate. Teeth. Everything. <laughs> you're going to look yeah. great after lockdown. You're going to be uh, a stud. Yeah. Well, see, I'm trying to lose weight, and, uh, so I thought actually, the quickest way is take teeth out, shave the head. You're going to be an Italian stallion, aren't you? After the pandemic, you know, is that great. your is that is that your polite way of referencing my gigantic horse cock? <laughs> that's my that's my polite way of mentioning your mane that is continuously growing and has <laughs> got so long now. You got you got very very long hair, Buster. I could yeah, I can ponytail it. Have, have you do know this? You can ponytail it. Mm. Wow. Although my cousin always says, um, you know what you find under a ponytail, a pony's arsehole. So. <laughs> Well, that would mean that the ponytail would have to be at the front of your face, wouldn't it? Are you saying that my face is the arsehole? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Just so for the clarity very... of the listeners. Yeah. So yeah. if anyone here listening has never seen a photograph of us on the podcast, just imagine uh, a human head with a sort of a, I guess, a fountain of hair coming from the forehead and then instead of, instead of a nose, eyes and mouth, just a puckered horse's arsehole there. Yeah. You're the arsehole, I'm the dickhead. So, <laughs> I look slightly different to you. There's a new uh, title for the podcast. <laughs> one arsehole, one dickhead. Sit down and chat shit about good news. <laughs> <laughs> it's what marketers dream of, you know, if you had to put that tagline across. Yeah. Um, I have a, another interesting news development, though, actually, that I didn't mention before on. we went on air that I just suddenly remembered now. I've got a new setup on air. For, uh, the, for the podcast, for the recording and stuff. All of the same recording equipment, technology, laptop, everything's the same. But I now have a very small cool bag that I can keep beers in so that I don't nice. have to either drink warm beers, red wine, or say, sorry guys, can we pause for a second while I go to the kitchen and get a beer? So expect Perfect. repeated interruptions of ice cold beers being opened through through the pod. So your your alcoholism is even easier to you know, feed, basically. Yeah. That's Brilliant. that's what they always say in the twelve step program. Never be more than twelve steps away from a beer. <laughs> you live in a small flat, so twelve steps is I know. <laughs> I was a lot. The fridge is probably about fifteen steps away. <laughs> Too much. That extra three steps, you're just gonna just you're gonna start having like cold sweats, you're gonna start um, having withdrawal symptoms. And so it's lucky that you now have that, you know, don't put the bag by bed at night time. That's, that's, I think, one step maybe too far. Don't do that. 
No, well, there's already that space is taken up by my little bed pattern anyway. Because obviously, <laughs> you're drinking this much beers without walking anywhere, you're pissing constantly. So yeah, you've got to have a homemade chamber pot somewhere yeah. in your in your bedroom just in case that you need to go for a piddle. Because you can't be more than two steps away from a toilet. That's what <laughs> they also say. That's the old that's the, the old saying. Program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. This week, we're not going to be talking about what's going on in the news right now in terms of any uh, house renovations or tax dodging. But what we are going to be talking about is the plethora of good news that we've got through the door and from you fine folks. So, uh, should we get on with the Buster? Yeah, let's listen to some good news. Good news actually has a, a, a bit of a personal story behind it as well. Greenpeace rang me up this week and asked me to give him money. I told them I don't have a job and they said we can start getting money off you once you have a job and I said that sounds great and I spoke to her and I actually knew more about plastics and the stuff that's going on around the world from this podcast than, than she did and she was the person kind of asking for money and so I don't remember her name but she did say she's going to start listening to the podcast so I'm going to give a little shout out thank you Greenpeace lady for, for ringing me up and uh I'm also going to deliver you another piece of plastics news because single-use plastics, as we spoke about before, I believe it was in Victoria, they wanted to phase it out by 2025 and now Australia have actually done a national policy where they're going to be uh, reducing and getting rid of all kind of plastic cutlery, straws, amongst uh, many other different types of single-use plastics by 2025. So they're going to be reducing their plastic waste. So awesome. Uh, The other side of the world continually starting to get this more and more right. And hopefully more countries will join in, like China and Mexico City, in getting rid of single-use plastics. And it seems to be kind of picking up pace. And and hopefully we're going to see more of it in in the near future. Yeah, that's great. It's always good to see uh, the tide turning and things like this, because it's it's already so bad. It's it's starting Mm. to gain momentum. And if there's too much plastic, the tide will stop turning and we yeah, won't yeah, have anywhere to solid. surf. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You'd just be walk on it like a pile of Lego bricks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, both simultaneously a really comic but also a really tragic image. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would be a really sad Scrooge but duck. <laughs> so, the good news I've got is uh, it's a theme that we, uh, we often like to talk about in this podcast is uh, infectious diseases and their eradication around the world. So the Gambia has become the second African state to end a particularly awful disease called trachoma, which is a really painful blinding eye infection caused by a bacteria that spread um, by touching hand contact hands and hands to face. And it, it affects the eyesight of about 1.9 million people worldwide. So it's a Jesus. really, really, and mostly in Africa, and it's a really, really horrible disease. but. Because of some very careful treatment and isolation of the cases, you know, as we're all kind of experts on this now with with uh, COVID, they've managed to become the second country after Ghana in Africa to eliminate trachoma. So potentially saving millions of people from Gem-bound. a life of misery and darkness, which is fantastic news. That is great. I've been to the Gambia. Nice country. Ah. Not much to do though, uh, but it's nice for a bit of sun. It's really nice people, so I'd suggest going. The Gambia's on the west coast, right? Is it got a sea? It, yes, it's it's in very uh, thin. Senegal. Yeah, it's, that's it's right. in Senegal, 
and they broke away from Senegal and the reason why they're called the Gambia is because they are directly on the Gambian River and obviously the Gambian River was the main river which people used during the slave trade to bring people up to England and through into America so yeah the, the Gambia is a nice little place and you yeah. can see those bit, bits and bobs and there's loads of really nice like hummingbirds and stuff like that that hang around they there beautiful. And, like, loads of kingfishers and stuff like that it's a really beautiful country well, ladies and gentlemen get yourself to the Gambia no more trachoma <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's a, it was already a nice place when Callum went it's even nicer now there's no trachoma yeah, and, and, and by the oh. way, the, the security going out is very lackluster. They, like, literally just, like, <laughs> pat you down, but hardly pat you down, kind of touch your shoulders. Oh, and great, go, huh? Yeah, you're through, so you can bring anything back. Attention all smugglers, get yourself to the Gambia. <laughs> I mean, you're going to get the shit kicked out of you when you arrive in the UK, <laughs> probably, but... Just forgot that's how smuggling works. There's two sets of securities in there. Just figure that out when you get there. And there's no time zone difference either. It's all in the same time zone. So another... Great. So you don't have to worry about setting your watch. Lovely. Exactly. Um, Or allowing your iPhone to do it for you. Yeah. (laughs) So much easier when you just don't need to think about it at all. Um, The next bit of good news is... There is a... I don't know why I'm speaking in this voice. Oh, there is, yeah. Radio. Radio one, DJ. 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 Could you just put on a bit of Bachman Turner Overdrive now or something like that? Oh, well, the next bit of good news is... <laughs> You sound like an RAF pilot now. <laughs> going down! Going down! The good news is, cherries and cabbage crates in the briny. <laughs> anyway, uh, there is an organisation in India that is called Law Rewired, and they are trying to utilise our current language and change old legal text so that people can actually understand them. One of the words that they talked about is that they, in legislation, they use heretofore. Heretofore? I don't even know how to say it. Heretofore. Um, So much. And we haven't even used it in in modern language since the 1800s. I use heretofore all the time. Shut the fuck up. Uh, You do not. Want me to shut up like heretofore? (laughs) Or would you like me to already have shut up? B4. Um, but uh, it's an amazing organization that's trying to change legislation uh, into modern language so that people can actually understand it. People that had a constitution, that's actually for the people, so you know where your rights stand. But right now, you don't really know like properly where to go and exactly find all of the laws or all of your rights. And so, and when you do go and go to, go to understand it, it's all in very very highbrow English which then is very very hard to understand so an organisation doing this is really really awesome I don't expect anything to happen in the UK anytime soon and there is so much law there for them to go and uncover read rewrite make sure it's for the people it's going to take years for them to be able to finish this off but it's great that an organization is already doing that and it's been picked up and other people trying to make it happen in different countries it's a really really cool organization and i think there should be more out there because laws should be for the people and not for governments not for lawyers to understand them on your behalf you should be able to understand them and be able to utilize them to know your own rights you know 
Yeah, that's great. Well, I've got a, a bit of niche good news for those listeners who are guitarists like myself. Um, there's uh, some good news from a guitar company called Furch Guitars and Taylor Guitars in the US. Uh, Taylor Guitars a lot bigger than Furch, both quite big guitar manufacturers. And they've started rolling out sustainable guitars. So most people wouldn't realize this, but guitars are made from very small quantities, sometimes of very, very rare woods like ebony because of their hardness. And those trees like ebony are quite rare, so they're cut down usually quite unsustainably or straight up illegally and then they enter the you know the ecosystem as it were of forestry and there's no accountability so this uh, company Furch Guitars has switched to a sustainable alternative using a um, renewable alternative and they've also switched their uh, guitar manufacturing plant to be 100% renewable and I just wanted to say that bit because their plant is called and I'm going to try and pronounce it Velke Nemchitsa plant. Spot um, on in the Czech for Republic. something that I've never read and I don't have a clue how it's spelt. So. It's got lots of nice cool hats sounds, on. Like. Sounds spot on. Sounds yeah. spot on. You did a good job. Thanks. But that's uh, great news for those guitarists who want to be green, which is, I'm sure, most guitarists because, you know, guitar players tend to be a bit more bohemian, don't they? I mean, yeah. oboe players wouldn't give a fuck. Very no. conservative. <laughs> Harp players, they really don't give a shit. Yeah, don't get me started. I mean, they don't would string them. They would string them with the the guts of turtles if they could. <laughs> Sons of bitches, don't at me. Don't at me, harp players. You know who you are. But bongo drummers <laughs> always make their own bongos. That's just you know. That, Is that do you, referring to people just tapping on the table in front of them when they? <laughs> yeah, they're very very ecological. You know, environmental. Just. Whacking on stuff, anything, uh, and drummers, is, is, drummers do it as well. They just, they just that's get what old, say, yeah. old buckets, don't they, and just start whacking stuff. Well, it's all drummers. I mean, the, our producer Odin is a drummer, and he's frequently be seen tapping something out onto his knees or with a pen on the table. It's all drummers do it. My dad used to do it. My mate Willis does it. He's a drummer. It's a it's a, a compulsion for drummers to be always tapping. You can spot them a mile off just tapping away. That's great. So everyone can feel good about guitaring now and not feel like they're ruining and ravishing uh, the environment. Well, you've got to buy a Furch or a Taylor. Right. Yeah. Buy it through them if you're going to buy a guitar. Buy it through them. <laughs> Do you want to shout, shout them out again, Buster, the, the, the company? Furch and Taylor guitars. Don't get my guitar, Larivé, which has got a picture of the tree that was felled to produce the guitar in the box, which makes me sad every time I see it. <laughs> Nice. The next bit of good news is they've had a malaria vaccine breakthrough. Most malaria vaccines have about a 55% efficacy. And now we all know what the word efficacy means. I can just carry on because no one knew what the word efficacy meant beforehand. (laughs) And now coronavirus has given us a plethora of new words that we've... uh, What the hell does plethora mean? Uh, and instead of having a 55% efficacy, this has a 77% efficacy. And who, whose goal on vaccines are generally 75%? So this actually meets the goal from who, which is obviously the World Health Organization. Oh, I was just about to do the irritating who? 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 <laughs> who? 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 Um, they've trialed this on 450 children, not adults. Well, why would you? Children are much better. Um, yeah. yeah. 
and uh, they've seen a massive uh, uptick on fighting uh, the malaria disease. Over, still today, over 409,000 people die uh, every single year and 229 million people get malaria infections. So this is still something that's ravishing multiple different populations around the world. But hopefully with this trial in Burkina Faso, we can reduce the amount of people that are dying from this horrible disease that everyone's known about for a while. And it's actually from the University of Oxford. So they're really, really just cranking up on this vaccine shit at the moment. They they must have taken out like whole wings and just like just destroyed dorms and be like, no, you're out. And like just vaccine just everywhere, just trying to... Well, a lot of the students have been off campus, haven't they? So maybe that's what they've done. They've just used all the halls of residence for vaccine production. Yeah, sounds like it's like in in movies where they you go into a like a a, a drug processing factory. You know, it's like just looks like a regular building or warehouse. You go in, there's loads of people with no clothes on, so they can't steal anything, wearing (laughs) aprons and gas masks, cutting up drugs and stuff. It's just like that, but scientists. Doing, I don't know how you make vaccines. Is, I assume it's the same that, as how you manufacture cocaine. That is that is exactly it. <laughs> exactly it. You're spot on. Um, so they can't steal the vaccine, so they're always just in little <laughs> Y fronts. Uh, even even though the uh, University of Oxford were the team behind it that actually was able to create the vaccine, it is actually a company in India which is called the Serum Institute of India, and they believe they can get over 200 million doses of vaccines as soon as it's approved for, by the regulators. So. You know, they can move very, very fast on this, which would be be awesome. And now it's time for just a really quick uh, word from our sponsors. Are you tired of having to walk all the way to the fridge to get a beer from your... When you're doing a podcast from your fridge? Well, try the new cool bag that you have right next to your computer and you'll find that it's a lot easier. Only £99. At News to Me Pod on Instagram. Can we start selling these, actually? Um, Little no. merch cool bags. No. Oh, that is so cool, though. Anyway, so next bit of good news, a lot of you will have heard already. So it was Earth Day uh, here on Earth, if you're listening on Earth, uh, very recently. And on Earth Day, uh, President Joe Biden, and I won't tire of saying that, President Joe Biden unveiled... Who's that? Uh, <laughs> he's like... Uh, he's that... Uh, reality tv star who wants to build a wall and i think great guy yeah great guy but he yeah uh, he pledged on earth day to cut america's uh co2 emissions by f- between 50 and 52 percent by the end of the decade gave a great speech saying that time is short and they need to act fast particularly as an economic leader in the world and they have a path for net zero emissions by 2050 which is still quite late but it's a hell of a lot better than what was being was being projected before and there's scope for them to get even tighter but even meeting the 50% cut by the end of the decade it's going to be a really big push for America and they're going to have to divest in a lot of its coal energy production so it's a really really good bit of news welcomed by anyone who cares about the earth not turning into a giant lifeless fireball within the next couple of decades. And I, I have to admit, I'm one of those people who doesn't want, what doesn't want that. No, no. This is, it's not for me, you know? No, I mean, I'm very pale. If this planet turns into, or even gets a degree warmer, I'm fucked. Let yeah. alone the rising sea levels and everything, but 
I'll be I'll be personally really really screwed. Next bit of good news is New Jersey have joined other states where they are allowing an X to identify gender on a driver's license and other identification. It was part of some legislation back from 2018, the first uh, state that started doing this. And now New Jersey are one of another 19 states plus Washington, D.C. that is allowing people to put an X for their gender if they want to remain either unidentified or you know they don't classify themselves as male or female. I've got some good news for you from the Oscars. For those who didn't watch the Oscars uh, last week at the weekend, there was a, a new... Not many people bro- did, mate. They had 58% no. less attendance for the Oscars. Really? Yeah, it plummeted. Well, uh, there was a, a, a bit of good news in that there's been another, um, what would you call it, like a, a, gla- a small glass ceiling has been shattered with uh, with the Oscars this year because uh, Chloe Zhao won an Oscar for directing Nomadland and she is the first woman of colour to win that award and the uh, second ever woman to win uh, for directing. So. It's really good. She also got another record for being the first woman to get four Oscar nominations in a single year, which were for Best Film Editing, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Director, and Best Picture. So those nominations alone are for some massive categories for that film directing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So congratulations to her. That's a really good one. And also, on a side note to the Oscars, I should mention, I last night watched uh, Promising Young Woman, which um, won an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay, and that's really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm set to watch that soon. It is on our list to watch. And uh, our condolences, obviously, to uh, Charlie Bozeman, who unfortunately lost his life and then went on to, to lose the Oscars to uh, Anthony Hopkins. And I know there's been a, a lot about that recently, but um, what a sad time for, for such a great actor to have... Uh, lost their life and also didn't tell anyone about their disease and still got ridiculed in papers. It was such a horrible time for him. But um, yeah, mm. like his, his, his movies will forever live on. And he was so amazing uh, considering that he was diagnosed like four or five years ago. He was still so amazing in the Marvel movies. And I can't wait to watch his latest movie. Uh, I can't remember if it's called My Eye Raider or something. Um, I can't remember exactly the name of it, but can't wait to, to, to watch that. Anyway, that's it for this week's good news segment. If you'd like to turn your weekly dose of good news into a daily dose of good news, then please follow us on at That's News To Me pod. And don't worry, even during our time off, we are still going to be posting on there and we can take a more collaborative effort to be able to give you even more good news via our social media platforms. So don't go anywhere on the Instagram front. And in the meantime... Join in, have conversations, and send us some stuff because we love utilising your stories just like we did a few weeks ago. But in the meantime, Buster, let's get on with your story. Let's get on with your story. Let's get on with your story. It better not be shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well... That's a fantastic intro and actually really uh, a great seg mentioning the uh, Instagram channel for people to follow because one of our listeners and a friend of mine, Martin, who's also responsible for one of our favourite stories a while ago. And our favourite people. Yeah, our favourite, one of our favourite people, Dr. Barlow, Yeah. the hero, worth going back to check out that episode about the, the man who tested parasitic worms on himself. Martin sent me another great story uh, and this one has all of the hallmarks of a great superhero origin story 
a science experiment shrouded in secrecy that goes wrong and someone is changed forever. Ooh. Like, you know, it, it's not this is not the plot of the next Spider-Man film. This really happened. Buster. Yes. You've got to do your job at one point in time, do you know what I mean? I'm here editing. Odin's here, you know, doing loads of stuff beforehand and, and mm-hmm. doing all the marketing stuff. And you're just getting fed by Martin. Yeah. Martin's just doing your job for you. It's Martin, about- don't get me wrong, continue doing what you're doing because our last story, brilliant. And hopefully this one. Can I have your number so you can do some of my work for me, though? That's, that's what basically <laughs> I'm getting at. None of these stories are mine, though. You got to remember, I'm just a conduit for stupid shit that's happened in history. You know, <laughs> Martin brought this fantastic one to my attention. Um, you know, it's been told many times by many people. Hopefully, you haven't heard this one, but it's just I'm just sharing stupid shit that's happened in the past. That should be what we call this segment: stupid shit that's happened in the past. <laughs> <laughs> so this one, though, it, I like I, you know, I'm a bit of a science nerd. This one involves a bit of a science lesson at the beginning for our listeners, so to brief them on what the story is about. I think a I bit. need the science lesson. Don't worry, I'm, I, I'm with that's you. That's what you. I was getting at, but I was trying not to embarrass you. But no, yeah. I, I'm I'm with you, <laughs> listeners. Like I, <laughs> I, I'm I'm a blank slate. So okay. Let's... So don't turn off the podcast right now when you hear this, but there's going to be a a little explanation about some particle physics. So, all matter in the universe is made from particles. Some we are very familiar with and have heard about from school or just in general. Protons and electrons, things like that. But there's also some very strange... Quarks, exactly, yeah. There's some very strange ones as well, like tau particles, neutrino particles, and strange particles, which are actually just called strange particles. I think it was a Friday afternoon when they were naming those ones but the reason we know about all of these crazy particles sort of is because they do experiments using particle accelerators that's really what i wanted to talk about particle accelerators and the these biggest machines... one in the world is in cern mm. in switzerland exactly. in geneva yes they, everyone exactly. was like everything's gonna explode and we're gonna create yeah. our own and it just wasn't and they were like oh we found the thing that we wanted to the stuff there that was gives a us mass brief worry that it would create a black hole and destroy Switzerland, but then everyone remembered that we could just make Toblerone somewhere else and it would be fine. And also, <laughs> Roger Federer probably lives in Monaco, so it's fine. Yeah. You can lose Switzerland. It's okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so CERN is a great example. CERN is a huge particle accelerator, and what it basically is, like a lot of particle, well, pretty much all particle accelerators, is they take particles that are accelerated around usually a circle using electromagnets and um, electrical fields generated to guide and separate them and they get them spinning as fast as they can up to very close to the speed of light and then they bump them into each other either into detectors or into other beams of particles but what they do when they crash into each other at really high speeds like that is split apart and then you pick up and see what the debris is you detect these new crazy rare particles and so as you mentioned there they detected the Higgs boson that rare particle that gives some particles mass and that was a massive discovery, probably one of the biggest particle physics discoveries of well, the century almost. It's, it's a really big deal. So bearing in mind that I've briefed you about particle accelerators to explain what they are yes. and that they have particles fired around these massive machines mm-hmm. at near the speed of light. And the story, uh, you were sort of, you're given a little teaser every week about something, something we're going to tell you about. And we said that it's going to be about superheroes. So do you have any ideas? You know, in the intro I said it's about a science experiment and a Spider-Man movie. 
Have you got any thoughts on what the story might be about this week? Um, did they try and put a person inside the particle accelerator and see if they can create Superman by flying around like almost top speed? I mean, that would be that would be amazing. Actually, they should, they should try. They could probably do that. Put a little metal belt or suit on someone and send them around at that speed. Because because uh, speed doesn't make you feel sick. It's the acceleration. So as long as someone gets to the speed of light, they could just travel there. Be all relative. It'll be all good. So I think they should just put someone in there and then fire particles at them. That would be great. Having particles come the other way, actually, that would be really fun. It'll be like it'll be like bugs onto a onto a windscreen, wouldn't it? Well, you have inadvertently at the end of it stumbled into the story. It is about what would happen if particles were fired at somebody's face. <laughs> I said something stupid, and a scientist thought it ding, was ding, clever. Ding ding ding! Well, no, it was, it was actually an accident. Let right, me set the scene. Okay. So our story starts 1978, so Cold War USSR. Uh, there's a scientist, a particle physicist, working on the U-70 synchrotron, which sounds like a robot built to boogie. <laughs> All it could do was the robot. <laughs> um, but actually, the, the synchrotron is the name of a type of particle accelerator. It's a big, big one. Think like, not as big as CERN, but think, you know, size of a Football big field. warehouse or something. Almost, yeah. It's like it's a big, big old thing. It's like a massive factory-sized thing. This guy's called Anatoly Bogorsky. Um, his name sounds, his surname sounds quite a bit like Bogor, which I think is fitting considering what happened. What? It, hang on a minute. So not only did the particles Bogorsky. get flown at other, did, was he put? Was he flying the particles up his bum hole? No, no. That that yeah, that would have been even worse. But it's still it's. It's still pretty bad. So he was uh, his job. He was a physicist there, and he was inspecting a part of the machine. So they just run cycles. They have a they're switched on. The beam of particles are going round and round. Experiments are run. Data analysis. They go in and reset the machine and check it again. And something had broken. So he was in having a look um, at the part that had malfunctioned. But unfortunately for him, several of the safety systems had also malfunctioned, including one of which, which was, and this is so tragic. A light bulb had blown in a sign that should light up to say keep out the beam is on wow uh, so the light had gone in this little bulb and he Surely went he would have known though it was a it was a, a comical series of, of errors like the people who'd been using it before had been at a low power so they hadn't closed some certain safety gate and then something else there's like four or five things had all gone wrong including the light bulb being blown so he ended up being in the machine looking um when suddenly and i say suddenly because there's not really anything more sudden than something that's almost the speed of light yeah a, a beam of high energy protons hit the back of his head blasted through his head and out his face and was it like so was it would that did that just like kill him or, no or because they so small they, that it went through they're, they're tiny so protons are um made of I think what two, four quarks. So they're like the 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 one of the smallest atomic particles. You know, like the the nucleus of an atom. Mm. It's got protons, neutrons, and then the electrons flying around the outside. Protons are you know they're small things. You know, it's so smaller than it's the size of the nucleus of a hydrogen atom. So it's small. It's, but there's shitloads of them, shitloads, and they're going really fast. So it didn't like explode his face, 
but it was not good news. It definitely it, hurt. It's like the it science a, it equivalent. It's a massive gust of wind, basically, whacking him well, in the head. Well, here's a crazy thing. He initially felt no pain at all. Right. And that's it. What, it, what it really is, it's like the science equivalent of looking down the barrel of a gun to check it wasn't loaded, really. But, but in, different to that, it was that nothing really didn't register anything except for a huge flash of white light filled his vision. He described it as brighter than a thousand suns. How do you know what a thousand suns was? That's yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's yeah. a hell of a lot brighter than sticking your head in a particle Sound. accelerator. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a bit of a bullshit relative experience. What he should have done, yeah. he should have said it was it was brighter than when you try and put in a bulb when you're really really close to it, but forget to turn the light switch off when you turn it on. And it goes, but it was ah! even even so brighter than that. That's what you know? I'm saying. But that that would be the you could then. That's that's a real reference. It's what we needed from him is how many lumens or how many watts he of light this was. What we needed yeah. was him to go and look at a thousand suns thousand worth suns. of sunlight and yeah. then see the if it actually was a real equivalent. But or like it, candle we'll power. Know. That's the way they measure torches, isn't it? You know, you like I don't light, know if you've ever seen this light from a thousand candles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You go to a garage forecourt and there's an yeah. advert advertising a thousand candle torch. You're like, I have no idea what a thousand yeah, candles looks that was, like. That was my Rod Gilbert impression. It was pretty he, good. I recognised his voice there. It's like he he's in the podcast with us. He does it. He does the whole bit where he's like, I saw this, this, this torch, and I went to go pick up the torch, and I realised it said, it's as bright as a thousand candles, and I thought. How do they know what that looks like? Did they go in and set a thousand candles off and go, oh my god, that's bright, that's as bright as this torch! That's exactly what we should be doing! And that's my Rob Gilbert impression, so you can keep that one. Also, that the one. thousand torch experiment is also next to the particle accelerators in the room next door <laughs> to what they do here. It's just some guy with the matches. Someone opens the door, for, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> just lit 300 candles here. <laughs> Christ. Don't restart now. <laughs> you nip down to Londres and get another pack of matches. It'd be the worst if you got to like 999. That would yeah, be the worst, wouldn't it? Would and then they all went. Very annoying. But not as annoying as putting your head into a particle accelerator when it's switched on. <laughs> yeah. So, our, our guy, we don't know. Our guy we don't he's know. had the light of a thousand suns blasting his eye, but he didn't feel any pain. But he he's a particle physicist. He knows this is bad news he um decided well actually what would you do next if you're a particle physicist you know you've seen a bright flash of light just part of you know like a thousand suns you know you've just had your head in a particle accelerator you know that protons traveling near the speed of light have just gone directly through your brain and out of your face what would you do well that's that, there's two questions there actually there's two mm. questions there's what would i do <laughs> and what would I do if I was a particle physicist? Yes, actually, both. That very is, good, yes, that's good a very good yeah. question. So, as a particle physicist, I would probably be like, that's not very good. I need to go to the doctors, need to sort myself out. I need to make sure that I'm okay and try and do the science behind it to understand what kind of damage that there would be. Me, not being a particle physicist, I would probably be like, I could turn to the Hulk. Sadly, <laughs> I think that's this way the guy's actually going. And he's not being a particle physicist right now. He's being a silly 
twat who thinks he can be a podcast host. You know, that, that, <laughs> that's that's who this guy's acting uh, like. Mate, he did he did worse than that. He did a very um, male thing, and he just pretended it didn't happen. Just finished right. his day's work, got a few faxes sent, <laughs> did a bit of admin, got a few things off his desk, heads home, takes a paracetamol, gets to bed. Like Seriously. Bill Nighy in uh, Shaun of the Dead, where he's been bitten by the zombies, and he's like, yeah. I run it over a yeah. cold tap bar. It's got a cold tap <laughs> over that particle accelerator burn there. <laughs> and so what happened to the geezer? Well... He, he woke up with loads of strength, and he was green, and he was like, yeah, this is this is real. Well, before I tell you what happens to him, I should give you some, some data. So he'd, he'd been given quite a high dose of radiation, and they measure radiation absorption, so like the amount of radiation a material, i.e. a brain, an eyeball, as absorbed, is measured in something called greys. Wait. Um, Uh, normally these are so small that they're measured in micrograys. So I've got a little game for you of some measurements of greys, and you can do a bit of a guess. So surprisingly, sleeping next to somebody in bed at night actually exposes you to a bit of radiation. And uh, so, especially if they're older and they've got more greys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. More so greys. Sleeping more next to somebody in bed gives you 0.05 micrograys. That's quite a so small a, amount of greys. It's a very small amount of greys. 0.05 micrograys. Yeah. How many, relative to that, so like how many times more than that do you think, these are all going up, so we're going to go up, up the league table. How many more times than that do you think you get living within 30 miles of a nuclear power plant for a year? A thousand. It's actually only twice as many. So it's oh. 0 0.09 micrograys oh, wow. of, of radiation living next to a nuclear power plant. Well, 30 miles away, it's pretty far from one. How much do you think, relative to that, it, you get radiation absorbed in your body from eating a single banana? Oh, oh, I do know that you can get quite a lot of radiation from a banana. Um, so what, from 0 0.05? From 0 0.09. From 0 .9. Well, let's, just, let's call it 0.1. Okay. okay. Um, 10. It's exactly the same. Apparently, eating a banana is equivalent to living within 30 miles of a nuclear power station. Now, this list of microgray exposure was prepared by the nuclear energy industry, so I feel like they have a point to make here. <laughs> it's safe, trust me. I think it depends which power station you live within 30 miles of, if it's Chernobyl or Fukushima, yeah. or better off. <laughs> of which, uh, wild horses can now run around Chernobyl, and it's perfectly fine for them. They're not like advocating humans to go back. They've got a really big horse population in Chernobyl now. It's quite amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's returned to nature. So next, next two, I've got one for you here. So which of these two do you think exposes you to more radiation? Having a chest x-ray, or getting on a five-hour airplane flight. It's got to be chest x-ray, surely. Crazy. It's twice as much radiation absorption from a five-hour plane flight. So a five-hour plane flight exposes I'm... you to 40 micrograys and a chest x-ray only 20 micrograys. I'm not as good as this as you were spotting out who married their cousin. 
I've been very, very bad. <laughs> and, I, and I have a you sixth pos- sense for that. You could spot incest from a mile away, and I, I cannot sp- spot radiation. So maybe I'm fucked if I can't yeah, spot radiation. Yeah. Very good. Uh, go on then. Uh, what's, what's the next one? So, the the next couple uh, I'm just going to give you because they're they're a bit random. But the the first one of them is the difference between a chest X-ray and mammogram. If you could guess what, how many times more than that is? Do you think? How much more Two. do you get from a mammogram? It is crazy how much more you get from a mammogram. It's over 10 times. It's actually wow. like 30 times more. So it's like, what, it's like 600 micrograms then? Yeah, micrograms of micro-grays. radiation from a mammogram. So that's Jeez. that's it. But then the numbers start jumping up here because we're talking micrograms. You know, they jump up to so, uh, 10,000 micrograms is a yearly annual dose if you live in Ramsar, Iran, because they have radioactive local springs. Um, 10 times more than that is the natural radiation from uh, a beach in uh, Guarapari in Brazil which is made of a mineral called monazite which is a mix of uranium and thorium and sand is literally radioactive on that beach. People still swim and bathe there, it's it's a lot but it's still not dangerous, You, you shouldn't swim there a lot but to visit once you you know you would be okay but it's not recommended and then going right up to what's considered by scientists to be a fatal dose of of radiation is five million micrograms or five grays you could call that five grays five million oh, so micro-grays. a microgray is uh, a gray is a million micrograms yeah exactly yeah so like it goes um milli is a thousand micro is a is a million and the, Doesn't make any sense, but yeah, okay, we'll, we'll just allow it to happen. Yeah, so let's say the lethal dose. We've been talking in micrograms. These are thousands. These are um, millions. millions of a of a gray, and we're now talking about five full grays. Is what's considered to be a lethal dose of radiation absorption. The scientists use this quite bleak uh, definition of LD50, which means that fifty percent of the people exposed to that die within thirty days. That's wow. how they measure the toxicity of, of things in science. They have an LD50, so over this level, more than half people die. So five grays is what's considered to be a lethal dose of radiation. So our, our man here, Anatoly, he uh, was I'm exposed to... 200, 200 grays. Mate, he was... Poor bastard was exposed to somewhere between 2,000 and 3,000 grays. <laughs> oh my god. Thousands of times higher, like, well, almost Hundreds. a thousand times how, higher than the uh, what's considered to be the lethal dose. So, Dr. Callum, what's your prognosis for a patient who spent the night sleeping it off, not going to hospital, and has wandered into the hospital in the morning? Well, I think his wife's fucked as well as him. <laughs> she, he's glowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first one was sleeping next to somebody in bed is 0.05 micrograms. Sleeping next to Anatoly Bogovsky, <laughs> hundreds. Hundreds. <laughs> Not quite thousands, because he's got the thousands, but no, I would mm. definitely go for... He, he must... He must not be in a good way. Like, I don't want to take any kind of wild predictions, but if he hasn't died in the next 24 to 48 hours, then the, the man is is a legend already. So the doctors basically had uh, a similar view to you, that that is a crazy amount of radiation. He, he went to the hospital because his face started to swell beyond recognition. So he went to the hospital in the morning and he was taken to a special 
clinic in, in Moscow where the doctors were basically going to just observe him as he died, study him, because they, they thought there's no way for him to survive and it'd be useful for them to understand so they can help treat radiation sickness in the future, or possibly if they were going to build some sort of death ray, they could study how it worked. Um, the next couple of days he was in the hospital, the skin started to peel off around the entry and exit wounds of this laser beam. So bear in mind when this first happened, you know, it's instantaneous, nothing like blew up in his head or anything. He saw a zap of light, he didn't feel anything at first, but basically in a thin beam from the back of his head to just under his just under his left eye was a, a pathway had been zipped through his head by these Dark protons that had, yeah, that had destroyed loads of cells on the way through, causing radiation damage. So it's it's not it's not looking good for him. No, not but so. I, I have a brief tangent for you that's related to this. Have you ever heard of a man called Phineas Gage? No. So he's famous. Irish. Possibly originally, but he's a guy who lived in America in the 19th century. He was a railroad worker. And in 1848, he was using like a metal pole, so a long metal railway spike thing, to tamp down some gunpowder and clay into a hole in some rock that they were blasting through to build a train in Vermont somewhere. But unfortunately, a spark from the tamping rod detonated the gunpowder in that hole that he was prodding it with and as he was this happened as he was sort of turned to one side talking to somebody and this gunpowder blew this pole into his face it went into his face just under the occipital lobe which is like the hole for your eye goes in and came out the top of his head and this metal pole was about a meter long and 3.2 centimeters in diameter so pretty pretty sizable yeah. it went through his eye up out the top of his head and completely out the top like it went pew like a cork oh it flew through out. his head flew out so it didn't go to and impale him it went poof, right through his head kaboom it's the 19th century equivalent of a particle accelerator traveling <laughs> protons at the beam of the speed of light it's a gunpowered powered gunpowder powered railway spike cannon it's like it's old school it's analog it's a steampunk way of yeah you know, doing things. Sounds like a great way of killing your enemies, though. Yeah. So, in in that scenario, Phineas Gage being quite famous, what do you think happened? I'm guessing it missed everything. Did it miss all, all his brain? Yeah, basically, everything? yeah. He, he, he survived, and that's why he's so famous. He survived, but also made a pretty full recovery, crazily. He lost an eye, so that the damage to the optical nerve meant that his eye was, was either taken out or lost but he's basically there's lots of photos of him with his eye closed there's I lots of photographs life. i'll take i'll take i'll take losing an eye yeah exactly i mean god and you need losing an eye like you need a hole in the head but <laughs> the, <laughs> there's loads of pictures of this guy if you look him up phineas gage listeners at home he's often photographed holding his famous railway spike he became a bit of a celebrity um he had some after effects that were particularly at first quite unpleasant his personality changed quite a lot and apparently he became quite aggressive and lost a lot of his um ability to socialize normally but those things got better with time his brain like amazing thing that brains are they have neuroplasticity and some of the connections can repair over time so he became you know a reasonably normal chap in his later life and he made almost a full recovery except for his eye um and a proper good looking guy though yeah he's a handsome old devil yeah he scrubs up well even with a missing eye 
So Phineas Gage um, sort of became a, a superhero. Um, I don't know if we could give him a superhero name. I mean, I quite liked gunpowder gun powered railway spike cannon man. <laughs> or just even... Spike. Yeah. <laughs> spike man. Napoleon. Um... <laughs> <laughs> That's quite tall, so I don't think he'd be able to get away with that one. Yeah. Um, normally, normally, like, like, um, uh, superheroes have quite, quite bland names, really, didn't they? It's Does very they? on the nose. It's very on the, yeah. the nose. Well, on the, in this case, on the eye. So maybe it's just like <laughs> he's just one eye man. One eye man. Way eye man. One eye man. Yeah, from Newcastle now. Geordie superhero, <laughs> way eye man. Because his eye went way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we'll, I quite like that. Phineas Gage, why I, man? Why I, man? So, bearing in mind what we're talking about, going back to our original story protagonist, Anatoly, the particle physicist, I told you that story about Phineas Gage for a reason. Um, do you have a guess what happened to Anatoly? Did he become a superhero of some kind, did he? Basically, yeah. Wow, did he survive? He survived. Wow. So, the, over the... Ensuing years, the brain tissue continued to burn away because of all of the like damage done by this. But he continued to live for all these years. Missed all the big things. Missed missed some important shit. Yeah, he, he his face was paralysed on the one side, and he lost hearing in that year because of where the beam went through. If you can imagine, a, like yeah, a line yeah, through yeah, the back yeah. of your head to, to just below your eye, it goes through where your ear Probably is. Hit your trout, yeah. He had developed tinnitus, which is pretty nasty. Um, but he did develop a superpower. <laughs> of all the things, tinnitus. Like, I know, yeah, right. it, it's annoying as fuck, but that's not the worst thing in the world. Like, you know. He had the ability to ignore smoke alarms. That's his superpower. <laughs> tinnitus. Or well, the ability to always hear a smoke alarm. Yeah, yeah. Even if it isn't it, there. Isn't yeah. But he did actually get a legit superpower from this, although quite a minor one. But, I mean, I would be amazed if you could guess what this is. Um. So he's had a laser beam blast through part of his brain. His face is paralysed on one side, and he's got tinnitus. None of these are helpful clues. I'm just recapping for the audience. <laughs> Did he? Um, was he able to hold his breath for a really long time underneath water? <laughs> he was suddenly able to detect when toast was near him. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> no, it's his superpower was that hit the left side of his face, which was paralysed, didn't age as he got older. Sort of like a mix oh. between Harvey Two Face from Batman and Benjamin Button. So he had like <laughs> Benjamin Button, Harvey Two Face syndrome. Benjamin Two Face. <laughs> or Two Face Ben. Two Face Ben. <laughs> the reason for this is because his face was paralysed um, his uh, his face wasn't moving so he didn't get wrinkles the same letter way that Botox works you know, paralyses muscles in your face so you don't wrinkle your skin so that it doesn't wrinkle so you don't look as old so, um, so he got is, yeah, is, is that Botox, Botox face works? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. yeah that's amazing oh my god so he literally, what, one saggy face? You would just walk up to people with the left side of your face, like, especially when you're speaking to He was deaf on that side, though, so 
difficult to converse with them. Oh, yeah, facing so, that way yeah, they'd have to turn around and be like, what's happened to your other side of your face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my hearing side of my face. This is my good-looking side of my face. Here's a, here's a crazy bit, though. He not only survived, he thrived. He went wow. back to work at the particle physics laser beam deadly place and even finished his PhD, which he Jeez. was in the process of doing when he had this accident. So he continued working there as a physicist and he is still alive today. He's still going. He's still alive. Wow, Antoly Bogorski, legend. And he puts his incredible survival down to being basically a Whacked tough son face. of a bitch. Yeah, what he, he used to cycle to work even in winter, which is no joke in Russia. Like, that is fucking serious. That's cold. He also tells a story from when he was uh, a baby, World War Two. The Nazis were uh, committing atrocities in his villages, in, in his village, in search of partisans who were fighting a, a sort of guerrilla war against the Nazi invading force. He, uh, as a baby at one and a half, was snatched from his mother's hands and thrown out of the house into the snow, and somehow survived for several hours before being able to be recovered. Jeez. And then later, as a young boy. Uh, had a very serious electric shock from a damaged wire in the house. Uh, so, my theory is that he actually has had superpowers all along. Yeah, he's and this tough beam through his head was just I, like. I think when we're seventy-eight, he's still going to be alive. Uh, yeah, possibly, or just yeah. left half of him. The right half yeah. will be completely dead. <laughs> yeah, be this young guy. Do you have any? Um, I actually do have a couple of my favourite. Oz. Oz. Um, watched like a little bit of like uh like the avengers um interviews and stuff like that and people love bringing up like the worst superheroes that were ever created do you have any because i do have a couple off the top of my head that i think are possibly the worst ever superheroes i would love to hear a superhero that's worse than Benjamin Two-Face, the man <laughs> who survived a beam of lasers through the back of his head for absolutely no reason because he's a tough son of a bitch. So there's uh, one, and he's called Matter Eater. And he came from... A... Doesn't everybody eat matter all the time? Well, so he grew up on a planet <laughs> where all of the matter was completely inedible. You wouldn't get any mater any kind of nutrition from it. So their body. Bodies... Did he grow up in a McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> so he had they the their whole being had to change how they process matter. So they ended up being able to eat anything and everything. And so his whole thing was just to go around and he can eat whatever he wants. So he actually came in quite useful, like, you know, eating railing fences to get into places when they were gonna go and raid places and all that kind of stuff. It was yeah, a, but but it's quite it's, a useful. It was quite useful, but no, no. I've got to call shit. this up. Eating it is different to being able to destroy it. Because if someone could just bend the fence or break it, yeah, that would be. Why did someone have to subsequently eat it? Couldn't you just <laughs> broken the bit of the fence off and left it on the floor? Yeah, he would be there for ages, wouldn't he? Like trying to chew the bit <laughs> yeah. of metal. But... Wait, what was his teeth made out of? Oh, very strong stuff. So he, okay. could, he could chew it. He could chew it. Yeah, but he could eat, he could eat anything he wanted. If he, he didn't wanted. need to be able to eat it though. That's a crazy. If he, if his yeah. power really is just having hard teeth and a strong jaw, he could this have just chewed the fence apart and then spat it on the floor. This is why, why did it's he so eat shit. it? This is why it's so shit. This is why God, it's that so is bad. that is a really bad one. I love that. That is the worst superpower. No, <laughs> I can so... beat it. 
I'll oh, complete God. it. Go on. There's a guy called E Y E I Scream. So that's how it's put out. That's, that's how it's spelt, right? And um, he's in like only like one comic book. And uh, basically, he was born a mutant um, in the X Men kind of universe. And uh, his only skill, his, his, his only power was to change into any type of ice cream that he wanted. <laughs> and, he was, and he was really pissed off. So he tried to like kill the X Men, but he realised that he could only just turn into ice cream and he got <laughs> killed very quickly and easily. <laughs> Did someone just eat him? Did, <laughs> did Matarita eat him? <laughs> Wouldn't even need to be Matarita. Be anyone, you know. You, you'd at least, on his dying wish, be like, can you just please turn into, like, mint chocolate chip? That would be nice. I feel like it could out. be a good um, sort of collab episode, though. He changes to defend himself, changes it in a flavour of ice cream that no one wants to eat, like, you know, dog shit. And then Matarita comes and goes, I can eat dog shit. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Oh, that's not dog shit. That's Why are you swallowing it? Why don't you just mix this, like, throw the ice cream <laughs> on the floor, then he's dead? Why do you have to eat it, man? Come on. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's the two worst that, that I remember. That is fucking brilliant. Ice cream, and, so, and someone came up with that and put it in a comic book, hoping they'll be the next Spider-Man. And they, they obviously they didn't. I think there's other ones like um, um, like I can't remember his name now. It's like an arm one. Where basically he could get rid of his arm and throw it at people and they can regrow it again. <laughs> I mean, and I thought that that X-Men who could throw cards that exploded was shit. I really yeah. liked him because he was cool. His name was Gambit, but his power yeah. was shit, wasn't it? Ga- he just Ga- Gambit- throws playing cards at people and they blow up. Like, how far yeah. have you ever tried throwing a playing card? If so it blows hard. up... You're going to be really close to that explosion. Yeah, and he's going to be seen, deaf as opposed. Have you seen Pen? Like Pen, Pen and Teller sent mm-hmm. flip flop. They they throw them really really far, and they they don't even have superpowers. Yeah. Well, you, you could say that they do being magicians. Yeah, I suppose so. I've come up with my own uh, one just now. My own my oh, own yeah? superhero. Is this what, your your mint power or your shit power? <laughs> I just thought of it like his origin. Is he was he's he's going to be called Washman, and his origin was he fell into a sink, and then got. That is that it's a lot of people. I think my brother fell into a sink <laughs> when he was a kid, and his power is that he doesn't care about gender stereotypes. He'll he'll squirt fairy liquid into people's eyes and then scour people to death, <laughs> and the good thing is he'll get away with it. He's really good at cleaning up afterwards. That would that, be a really good. Is that a superpower or just an MO for your murders? <laughs> <laughs> like a calling card as a murderer. I think that's a good one. Just you can scour people to death. That would be pretty pretty nasty way to go. Or one of those metal scourers, you know, really, really that'll kill you over time. Take what about, what about a superhero called Top Man? He sells affordable really fashion nicely. for young young men. <laughs> Washman is definitely the shittest one. <laughs> and that's shitter than the dude who turns into different flavours of ice cream. Let's go and the guy one. who's supposed to be able to eat, eat anything, despite no requirement to do so. <laughs> no. Because if it is a raining fence, then people like Storm can just go over it 
and then there's Wolverine that's made of adamantium that can just go for anything he wants yeah. to. Yeah. Well, have you he ever heard that phrase? Useless. Yeah. Have you ever heard that phrase? To a man with a hammer, all of his problems are nails. You know, I think if you've got a particular gimmick or a tool, yeah. you're always going to approach it with the same sort of strategy. And matter, matter eater is always just going to be like, hey, I'll eat that fence. And everyone's like, yeah, there's a door yeah. there, though. But at the end of the day, what does it matter? Um, hey. Brilliant. Well, that was a, another great story that we've got from Martin. Martin and anyone else uh, can continue to send in your stories so that we can utilise them and uh, spread the, the joy of being whacked by a particle accelerator while sticking your head inside a particle accelerator and not realising the particle accelerator is on. And that's the take that I'm going to take away from it. I'm going to mm. take away from that that don't stick your head into a particle accelerator when it's on. Yeah, That's just not it. But if you do do it, just be hard as nails and then you just survive. And then yeah. you just... You know, Tough it out. Take a paracetamol. Exactly. Sleep on it. Sleep on it. Be absolutely yeah. fine. Um, but what it's a hot done? new be- hot new beauty tip from seventies uh, Russia as well. Y- yeah, get one on each side. Yeah. Happy days. What have you What have you learned from from this week? And what has probably maybe the, maybe the listeners have learned this week from the story. Well, I think the listeners have learned that um, despite the incredible survival story of Anatoly Bogorsky and his. Uh, his incredible sleepy face, Benjamin Two-Face superpower, it pales in comparison to the incredible skills of Ice Wash Cream Man, Man Washman, <laughs> and the dude who just eats stuff unnecessarily. <laughs> I love Washman. Entered I into think... those four, entered into the pantheon of superheroes along with Superman. And I think I want to create a costume for, for, for Washman now. Surely it's just like could... a Actually, I was going to say, what do you wear? I don't. I wear normal clothes when I wash dishes. I was going to say like some sort of washing dishes outfit, but that's that's regular. You know outfits. that you know that you know that blue cloth that you have. That's what it's going to be made out. He's going to wear a suit made of J cloths. Yes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Available on the that's used to me merch shop. <laughs> Well, if you guys want to turn your weekly dose of good news into daily dose of good news, as I said earlier on in the podcast, please follow us on at That's News To Me Pod. This is our penultimate episode. So, guys, you can go back and obviously listen to any other episode that you would like to. Please like, subscribe, do your naughty business, and give us a rating on all the podcast stuff on like Spotify and Apple. It's not us, it's the algorithms. And the algorithms will be able to tell other people, like-minded like yourself, to go and listen to this amazing podcast and spread the joy, hopefully, that we're giving you every single week. But in the meantime, what I'm going to do is I'm going to see you in the Senate. And can canny, folks. <laughs>